Blog Talk Radio. The Bible does speak very negatively about debt, while at the same time giving guidelines for it. There are guidelines for those who lend and warning to those who borrow right there in the pages of the Bible. Let's talk about how Christians should use debt or could use debt to generate wealth. You have tuned in to Debt Free Wealth Radio with Trudy Behrman. Thank you for taking me along with you on your mobile device, the web, or through my syndicated outlet. I bring you topics, programs, and products geared to move the Christian income earner to become a profitable steward who enjoys debt-free wealth because prosperity is not entitled, but it is within reach. Today's topic is using debt to generate wealth, Bible guidelines. And while today's show does stand on its own, it's actually a follow-up to my earlier show titled, Pay the Christian, your result is a cash exchange away. So look for that show in the archives because they really do go together. And a link to that show will be added to the show description. So however you found this today, uh, look for that link to get more information on that topic. So today's topic is using debt to generate wealth by the guidelines. Debt is bad. Yes, it is. The average person pursues and accepts debt as if it were candy, but it really is a baited hook to take the fish to its death, or it could be. Debt is paraded as an answer to prayer, the solution to the problem, the lifesaver in a moment of crisis. However, debt is a slowly tightening noose. And if the debt in question is a student loan or an IRS debt, there is no way to declare bankruptcy and walk away from that kind of debt. The Bible says in Romans 13, 8, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another, for whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. So this show title was written tongue-in-cheek. The strategy of using debt to generate wealth should only be done by those who have already established a debt-free mindset. Hating debt and seeing it for what it really is means those who have the debt-free mindset, if they do use debt, they will use it reluctantly. They will take very little, as little as possible, and they will have the mindset to pay it off with utmost priority. The average person does not have this discipline, so I would absolutely never advise this unless you're doing so under the eye of accountability. So using debt to generate wealth should only be done by those who have a debt-free mindset. The Bible, as I said, speaks very negatively about debt, but it does provide guidelines for debt. And there are guidelines for those who lend and warnings for those who borrow. Now, I have read the Bible several times cover to cover with my, what I call my money glasses on, so that the money lessons in the Bible jump right out at me. 
some of those lessons have ended up in my book, The Bible on Business. So go check that book out at your favorite bookstore, The Bible on Business. However, the topic of debt and how it should be used to generate wealth deserves its own scrutiny. So debt can generate wealth. You need to be the lender. That's step number one. It's one way that debt can generate wealth is if you are the lender. Being a lender is a fantastic money-making adventure. So in the world of debt, be the lender and not the borrower. Proverbs 22 verse 7 says, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is the slave to the lender. The Bible also makes a point, though, that when you lend to your brother, there's a difference between when you lend to a stranger. Deuteronomy 23 verse 20 says, you may charge a foreigner interest, but not a fellow Israelite, so that the Lord your God may bless you in everything you put your hand to in the land you're entering to possess. So there is a distinction when you lend to a stranger or you lend for the purpose of business versus lending to a family member or a close brother. Earning interest on money loaned is a boss way to build wealth. And that's why banks and credit card companies exist. They offer loans. They are in the money-making business. But today it is actually possible for the average person to enter the loan market as a lender. There are peer-to-peer lending programs such as Prosper.com or LendingClub.com. These organizations make it possible for the average person to earn an income through lending even small amounts of money to other people. Now, these rules vary from state to state, so go check it out if this is something that is of interest to you. Some astute investors may even use their whole life policies, life insurance policies set up specifically as lending vehicles to offer loans to family members which are to be repaid with interest. And these are how a lot of family banks are created specifically on this strategy. I don't want to get into that, guys. I did a show on that um, many, uh, probably a couple years ago. But in a nutshell, as you know, if you borrow money from your whole life policy, you're supposed to pay it back with interest. So basically, there's a strategy set up um, by certain organizations Specifically, it's very <laughs> complicated. It's not something I can explain here, but long and short of it is when that money is repaid, you're basically repaying yourself with interest, and it's set up uh, to do something of that nature. Now, debt can also generate wealth even if you are the borrower, but this is the scary portion of this show. I suggest you enter this very carefully only if you have an exit strategy before you walk in. So if you are going to borrow and you're going to use debt to generate wealth, you need to go in very carefully, and you should have an exit strategy. The the big word here is leverage, and this is where the world keeps parading debt as an answer, but be very careful, guys, because what you borrow will also matter. The Bible story in 2 Kings 4, verses 1 through 7 shares, and I do want you to read it so you get the story in the context, but it shares about a widow who was told by Elisha to borrow as many jars as she could from her neighbors. Now, these jars are going to be instrumental in her miracle. And afterwards, after a miracle happened, she was going to be able to sell the oil, pay her debt, and live on the rest. But out of that story, I want to just make some quick points. 
in that borrowing experience, sometimes we can borrow tools or other valuable things that will help us generate our new wealth. In the 1990s, I used to manufacture swimwear for a living, and the very first sample batch I made were done on borrowed sewing machines. And having established that I could, in fact, make this product and I found a market for it, I was able to then secure my own machine and create a new stream of income. So sometimes we can borrow tools or valuable things that generate wealth or money. Today, this market exists more in the form of a rental company. So you can rent tractors, you can rent equipment, all sorts of things. And it's a, it's a low, um, low expense way to borrow the thing you need. So maybe you just borrow it short term instead of committing to a big debt. So if you can't borrow it without cost, you can probably borrow it at low cost. Also in this story, the widow borrowed from her neighbors. These are people who knew her best. And when you're going to borrow money, this is the best place to start. You do want to start with the people who are right around you because they know you best and they're, they may have your interest at heart. The other thing is she borrowed something she could return. And last but not least, the loan was for items in the short term. So the, even though it was not money she borrowed, there were still some valuable clues from this Bible story with regards to how borrowing can work to generate income for the future. Now, in, that, in an earlier blog that I did, or in an earlier show, when I, uh, the one called Pay the Christian, your pay the Christian, your results is a cash exchange away. In that show, I talked about Saul borrowing money from his servant. Now, there's a story, that story came out of 1 Samuel 9, verses 5 through 7. And at the time in that story, Saul and his servant were out and away from home for a period of time to the point where his father was going to get worried. They had an opportunity to get an answer from the man of God, Samuel the prophet, but Saul did not want to approach Samuel without having money, and he had to borrow money from his servant. So I want you to go back to that show and listen to that for more detail, but sometimes cash flow timing also makes borrowing worth considering because he needed that money in that moment, but he knew how he was going to pay his servant back. Sometimes the opportunity presents itself, but your money to jump on that will come later. So sometimes using debt to an opportunity can be justified. The next way that debt may help you secure wealth is secured debt. And this is a strategy for ensuring that whatever you borrowed will be repaid, even if the debt does not go as planned. So when you secure the debt to something, even if you can't pay this, simply take the security. But the Bible does have guidelines for secure debt. So in Deuteronomy 24, verse 6, the Bible says, Do not take a pair of millstones, not even the upper one, as security for a debt, because that would take a person's livelihood as security. Now, although this seems to be um, information for the lender, the borrower needs to get some information out of this as well. The Bible says, do not take a pair of millstone, not even the upper ones, as a security for debt because that would take a person's livelihood as security, Deuteronomy 24, verse 6. Guys, the millstone refers to this person's income-generating tool. This 
must be protected. A millstone was a stone used to grind grain. And when the grain was milled, two stones were actually used. The bedstone or a base which remains stationary, and the runner stone, which turns on top of the base to grind the grain. The takeaway here is do not expose the way you earn an income to being lost as a security to the debt. So in other words, don't use your business or your business collateral as security for a debt. That makes no sense because you're exposing the way you earn your income to being lost as a security or debt. Now, it may seem counterintuitive, to offer your home as security for a debt, but honestly, I would rather put my home up than offer my business or business collateral because if you understand what an asset is, most people get the understanding of an asset all wrong. People see their homes as an asset. Now, a home can become an asset, but it's not automatically an asset. When you purchase a home, it is a freaking money-sucking experience. It takes money away, and until you've built up equity in that home, your home is an expense. It's not much different than if you rented somewhere. It's costing you something to live in that place. That It costs you money. So it's not an asset until you have a measure of equity built in. So purchasing a home does not automatically make it an asset. It is a negative on your books. It is only a positive on the books of the bank. So if we use the accounting definition for an asset, we'll see that an asset is an item of economic value, an item of economic value that is expected to yield a benefit to the owning entity in future periods. If an expenditure is instead consumed within the current period, it is classified as an expense. So your home is not an asset until you have a measure of equity built in. So a home could be a huge expense. So I would say, honestly, if my opinion matters to you, and this is only an opinion, this is not financial advice, please speak to your financial advisor. But if you needed to put up a security, instead of using your business as your security, put up your home. Because the Bible also says in Proverbs 24, 27, do not build your home and establish a home until your fields are ready and you are sure that you can a living. Let me repeat that. Proverbs 24, 27 says, Do, don't build your house and establish a home until your fields are ready and you are sure that you can earn a living. In other words, people, you must have the income generating system in place to pay for the home that you're going to get. The, the business and the income precedes the home, not the other way around. And that's what, that was the biggest problem coming out of the recession. People were buying homes they had no income to support. So this may not sit well with a lot of people listening to this. I'm not expecting a flood of agreement. That's quite fine. The Bible rarely agrees with secular teaching. So many people put their income-generating ability at risk to protect the income-sucking thing such as a home, when the reverse should be true. If you can't pay for the home, you're going to lose it anyway. So why expose your income generation to risk at the expense of the home? It is much better, in my opinion, opinion, to put the home up for security rather than your business. Even better, don't even buy the home at all if you don't have a clear income stream to pay for it over time. So Many of you may know I owe, I hold my real estate broker's license, and the Bible style of doing things does not match the way the world teaches. So 
If you buy my book, The Bible on Business, I do have an excerpt in there where I share a little bit more detail on the verse, Proverbs 24, 27, and I share a real estate experience that I had surrounding that verse. Guys, if you must borrow money for any reason, we should do it with a plan to pay it back. Proverbs, uh, sorry, Psalms 37, 21 says, the wicked borrow and doesn't pay back, but the righteous is gracious and gives. So I have some call to actions for you guys. If you're an entrepreneur or you are in sales, I'm going to suggest that you check out my video training series, and you need to jump over to my blog at blog.trudybearman.com. Look for the topic of today's show, and you will see a link to that video series, Using Debt to Generate Wealth Bible Guidelines. So you do need to jump over there. I'll see if I can put a link in the show page. Um, also, if you're a Christian income earner, I invite you to incorporate Bible teachings into your life more because, honestly, guys, the Bible is a relevant, practical guide to success. And I do have an online course for you. It's called Leadership Secrets from the Bible, No Guru Needed. Again, a link to that is on my blog site. Also, I mentioned the book a couple times, The Bible on Business. Head on over to your favorite bookstore and buy that book, The Bible on business. Now, this particular um, show was also on my blog. Like I said, I've had incredible um, sharing and comments and stuff. So this seems to be a topic that is of interest to a bunch of Christian earner, income earners, and I hope that's you. Trudy Behrman here. Thank you so much for joining me today. I do look forward to, to I'm super simple to find at trudybehrman.com, and I do look forward to connecting with you.